it. Today, we're going to uh, finish our last and final part of the whole You series. And uh, what this series has been, it's been a look in the book of Ephesians. And uh, we'll just briefly go through what, what, we, what we've gone through already. Week one, we discovered that God has a plan for our lives. He has a purpose for our lives. Every one of us, there is a plan and there is a purpose. You are created uniquely for that plan and that purpose. And God created you as a masterpiece to fulfill that purpose. We also discovered that we have a place. And that place is not as an outsider, it's not as an outcast, but that place is part of the family of God. And you and me, we are part of the family of God. And that means we have all the privileges of being part of the family of God. We also discovered that we have a personality and there's a whole lot of dirt and things that is covering our personality. But underneath the people who sometimes we think we really are, there is somebody who is incredibly and beautifully made with a, with a personality for, to fulfill the plan that God has for our lives. We also know that we have positions in our lives. We have positions of a husband, or positions of a wife, positions of a parent, child, worker, employee. And God has put those positions in our lives and gifted us those positions for us to serve and show honor in those positions. And it's out of those positions that God starts to fulfill the plan in our lives. And so that's that's basically the whole you of who we are. We're, we're people with a purpose and a plan. We're people with a, with, with a place to, to belong. We're people with a personality. And we're people with positions. But today we're going to discover and we're going to look at how we can bring all that together. And we, how we can stop all that just unfolding. Have you ever experienced life at, at times when suddenly everything just falls apart? You know, you go through those days where it's like Murphy's Law happens. And it's like, you know, one bad thing happens, the second bad thing happens, and then you're like, where's the third one? Where's the third one? And by the end of the day, you know there's a third thing that's happened. Sometimes life, the bottom just drops out of life. And today we're going to look at how we can stop that happening in our lives as well. So if you have your Bibles with you, if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter Six. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to look at verses 10 uh, right through to uh, verse 20. You know, what makes you, you, is not your past. It's not your circumstances. It's not your situations. It's not all those wonderful gifts and talents that you have. It's not your problems. But what makes you, you, is the very plan that God has for your life. The very purpose of why you are here at this time in 2010, right here, that is what makes you, you. And God is standing on the sidelines of your life and he is cheering you on. He is cheering you on because he knows when you fulfill the plan that, God, that he has for your life, you are going to have a life that is going to be a win. And you're going to have a life that you are going to score lots of touchdowns or lots of home runs. And God is there cheering you on so that you become the best that you can be. But there is something else on another sideline. That is doing everything that they can to stop you fulfilling the plan that God has for your life. See, God is on one side cheering you on. He is making the place. But there is someone else on another sideline who is trying to stop you to fulfill everything that God has designed for your life. 
So today, we're going to look at how we can be strong and how we can win against an opponent who is coming against us and wants to destroy us. So in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, it says this. It says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Before we look at how this a person or opponent on the other sideline is trying to stop us, let's look at who's on our sideline. Let's look at who is cheering us on. Today I want to bring out some faith in you before we go any further. Because what we're going to talk about today can be scary for some. It can be spooky for others. It can be weird for some. Some people don't even believe what we're going to talk about today. And you may go out of this place and think, wow, there's a lot going on in this world. And you may, like, some people even get nightmares about what we're going to talk about today. But before we look at all that, I want to instill some faith in you to show you whose side you are on and who is cheering you on on the sidelines. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, You belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people. And listen to this, because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. There's something that lives in you that is greater than anything else that lives in this world. 1 John 5 verse 5 says, Who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you have it in you to overcome things in the world that may come against you. Matthew 16 verse 18 says, Now I say to you, Peter, this is Jesus, Now I say to you, Peter, which means rock, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers, or all the powers of hell, will not conquer it. Today you are the church, and God is building you up. And all the powers of hell will not be able to stand against you. Romans 8 verse 31 says, If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And I tell you, no one, no one can be against us if God is for us. And then in Romans 8 verse 37 it says, Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. So today, before we go any further, I want you to understand this. Be strong in God and in the power of His might. Be strong in God and in the power of His might. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have somebody living in you. You have a spirit within you who is mighty, who is strong, and can overcome anything that may come in your life. Overcome anything that may come in your life. And so let these scriptures that I've just read to you, let them be a foundation of what our lives are laid on. We're followers of Jesus Christ. We have someone who is mighty and strong and powerful in our lives. So now we're going to move on, but I want you to remember that. Remember that. No matter what goes on in your life, God is powerful. He is living in you. And he is strong to overcome anything. But the Bible is very clear that through Christ we can be strong. But it is also very clear that there is an opponent. 
on the other sideline who is trying to bring us down. And they will stop, and this opponent will stop at nothing to bring you down, to stop you winning, to stop you fulfilling all that God has. And they are doing their best to bring you down. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 to 12, he says this. He says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Evil spirits in heavenly places. I told you it gets a little, kind of a little freaky, doesn't it? I was going to actually do this sermon on like Halloween, but I thought it was a little cheesy to do that. So, uh, so kind of I left it. But Paul here says, he makes some very clear truths. He says that there is a devil. And this devil is fighting and has got strategies to bring you down. It also says that there is an unseen world. That is mighty and powerful. That we can't see. That is working against you. But he also says that we are in a fight. And that fight isn't against flesh and blood. And what what he means by that, it's not against other people. But he says it's against this unseen world that you don't even see. But there's a fight that's going on for your life. And for your soul. So some people don't believe in the devil. And there's a, there's a lot of people out there who believes, well, you know, the devil is, is somebody who's red and has horns and, you know, won't really affect my life. But the truth is, is that there is an opponent that is fighting against you, that even though you don't see it, He is trying to bring you down. For he knows that when you fulfill the plans that God has for your life, he knows that he will be defeated and he will not be able able to overcome. You see, there is an opponent that hates God with everything, everything within it. And because God created you, he hates you as well. You see that this opponent hates everything that God ever created. And not only that, but because you're in church this morning, he hates you even more. Surprise, you know. And if you follow Jesus Christ, he hates you with everything within him. And he was trying to do what he can to bring you down so that he w- you will not fulfill the plans and the purposes for your life. Because he knows when you fulfill the plans and the purposes for your life, you will be fulfilling something that is way powerful. It will bring glory to God. And it will everything that this opponent is against, you will be for. So he's trying to bring you down. Now, well, let's look at who this opponent is. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Looking for someone to devour. The Bible tells us there is an enemy and his name is the devil. 
And he is, he is walking around, roaring like a lion, seeking someone to devour. And then in John 10, verse 10, it tells us the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to bring you life, Jesus says. He referred to the thief as the devil. And that he says he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And the strategy, I believe, of the devil is this. The devil has come to steal your joy, to kill your spirit, and destroy your faith. I'll say that again. He's come to steal your joy, kill your spirit, and destroy your faith. And so there is an unseen world that we do not even see. We can't see. We don't feel. But the Bible tells us there's a multitude of of like an army that is coming against you individually. Trying to come to kill your joy. To steal your joy, kill your spirit, and destroy your faith. And this is no Hollywood type movie. This is something that's real. It's real in our lives. But the good news is, is we have been equipped with ways to overcome this. And so it doesn't affect our lives. So many people, they get spooked or they don't believe because they don't see. And there is, there, 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 is, there is an enemy out there and there is armies out there who we cannot see who are coming against us. And they are trying to make sure that your life is never fulfilled. And they will, not, they will stop at nothing to make sure they bring you down and destroy you. One of the things that I would always want to do, I always want to go on uh, safari in Africa. And uh, there's something about lions that just, you know, I just, I just like lions. And uh, I even like The Lion King. The musical's pretty good, by the way. And, uh, but I just like lions. And every time, like, I'm flicking through the channels and I see, like, some documentary on lions, I always stop and I'm fascinated with it. And when you're on safari, you get in your Jeep and, you know, you're with the park ranger and he's got his gun and you're driving around and you see these lions and you're pretty protected. You know, if the lion, if, if you see a lion, you know, that they're not going to bother you because you're way bigger than they are. And if they do bother you, then you've got a pretty fast jeep that you could get away from. And if anything, then the ranger's got a gun. He could take the lion out. But imagine for a moment if you were on safari and you went by yourself, you had no gun, you had no ranger with you, you had no vehicle, no jeep, and you were just walking around the safari. The, the Serengeti of Africa by yourself. And suddenly a lion came up. I give you probably about 10 seconds and that's it. You're done for. If a hungry lion comes, you have no protection at all to come against that lion. And sometimes in our lives, it's exactly the same. We go out into this world and we face this world without any protection at all. And we are like a little lamb against a big giant, a big, a big, uh, a big lion who will come and devour us and try to and kill us and destroy us. But God has equipped us and gifted us with tools and protection and equipment so that when the lion comes, 
It will not hurt us. It will not touch us. It will not devour us. It will not kill us. It will not steal from us. And it will not destroy us. And the Apostle Paul here in Ephesians 6, he uses an illustration. He uses an illustration like a Roman soldier. And the armor that the soldier has. Now, I think if Paul was around today, he probably wouldn't use this illustration. He would probably use more of an illustration of like a firewall on a computer or something like that. And because what Paul is doing, he is, he is speaking to these people because they were used to Roman soldiers. And I had a video I wanted to show you, but it kind of didn't work, so I'm, I apologize. But how many of you guys have seen the film Gladiator? Wow. Good, good. Well, I love the film Gladiator. And... Uh, there were lots of gladiators around at the time when Paul wrote to the Ephesians. And these gladiators had a uniform and they had armor and they had protection so that they went to war. And so when Paul wrote to these people, he wrote to them illustrating this Roman soldier because they all knew the armor that the Roman soldier had. But he illustrated this to make a point. And so that's why I think if today Paul was around, he probably wouldn't use a Roman soldier. He would probably use something else. But this is the exact armor and protection that God has gifted you and given you so that you can fulfill all that God has. So when the lion comes and tries to devour you, he will not succeed at all. And so just very quickly today, I want us just to go through each piece and we can see if we've got this in our life. So in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 to 17, we'll go through this. It says, therefore, because there's an unseen world and they're coming against you, it says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be able to still be standing firm. Then it says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Paul refers to truth as a belt. And the reason for this is because with a Roman soldier, you wouldn't think it, but the belt was the most important piece of equipment that they had. What the belt did, the belt actually brought everything together. They had all these other pieces of equipment on them. And it was the the belt that tied them together. If there was no belt, then the armor would just either fall off Or it wouldn't stay together and in joint. Which meant that when the enemy came, they were able to attack and they would be able to kill. But it was the belt, just a leather belt. That's all it was. Wasn't anything special, but a belt that came together. And Paul referred to this as truth. And what this means for us is that it is truth that is the thing that brings our faith together. Without truth, then all our faith just dies. And it is... One bit here, one bit here. But with faith, it brings, with truth, it brings our whole faith together. And what faith is, faith is the word of God. It is the fact that God is a God who loves you. And the truth is, is that Jesus Christ came to this earth to save you from your sins. And the truth is, is that if you believe on Jesus and you repent from your sins and you turn away, then you have truth. That is the truth. And it is through this truth that our whole faith should be bound together and brought together. Without this truth, then our faith dies. I was watching something the other day on YouTube. 
And it was, uh, it was an interview, a Larry King interview. And it was somebody who was debating whether a scripture was true or not in the Bible. And they had lots of different like pastors and, and, and different people on there debating whether this scripture was right. And I watched this and I suddenly started realizing the number one way that this opponent, the devil, the enemy comes and attacks our lives is to attack the very truth that our lives are built on. And that is the truth of the word of God. And you hear so many different ways of doing Christianity now. So many different ways of interpreting the Bible. And I believe what it is, is an attack of the enemy to take away your protection. When you stand on what the Word of God said, then you have truth. And I think there are some scriptures in this book that I find very hard to understand. There are some that I even doubt. There are some, and I think, really, would a God who loves me do this? But yet I realize that I don't understand all the truth in here. But what I'm required to do, I'm required to to believe what the Bible says. And when I believe what the Bible says, I know that it will be truth to me and it will bring my whole faith together. To stand on what the Word of God said. If the Word of God says it, we must do it. We can't doubt it. So the first thing is truth. And John 8, 32 says this. It says, you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. This book, the truth, shall set you free. The second part of the armor was righteousness. And Paul referred to this as body armor. Righteous basically means to be right with God. To be right with God. You see, from the moment Adam and Eve ate of that fruit of the tree, suddenly they were no longer right with God because sin had come into their lives. But when Jesus Christ came and died on a cross, suddenly he made us right with God. And through being right with God, now we live lives that are righteous or keep being right with God. You know, Jesus, he told the he told the, 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 the prostitute woman who everybody was trying to throw stones at and kill. And Jesus says, you without sin cast the first stone. And he looked around and they'd all gone because they were, knew they were all sinners. And Jesus said to this woman, he says, well, I don't condemn you either. He says, go in peace. Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. And every one of us, we've got sin in our lives and we do things, stupid things at times and we know that, that it isn't pleasing to God. That's just our natural human instinct. But the difference between a Christian and someone who doesn't know God is that the person who doesn't know God intentionally does those things. The person who is a Christ follower is the person who tries all they can to stay away from sin. There are times that sin happens in our lives but we try to stay away from sin. That is living a righteous life. And we should let our lives and our bodies be righteous. Do all we can to stay away from sin so that we can be right with God. We need to live lives that are pleasing unto God. So we see that we have truth and we have righteousness. He also says that it is peace. The next part of our protection is peace. He illustrates these as shoes. 
Why? Because everywhere you walk, you will have peace. Peace. Peace that God is with us. Peace that we're right with God. Peace that we know we have the truth. Peace that we know that God will take care of us no matter what. And in Philippians 4 verse 7, it says, You will then experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And God has given you peace. So no matter what you go through in life, whether you go through troubles in your marriage, troubles with your kids, troubles in your workplace, whether you don't have enough food on the table, whether you're entering into a a new business transaction, or you know you want to set out on a new career, or go back to school, or whatever, and you have that worrying feeling, your stomach starts to get knotted up, God gives you peace to get through it, so that you can walk through, and you can walk between those lions who want to devour you, knowing that you have peace, that God is with you. So we have Truth, righteousness, peace. We also have faith. And Paul illustrates this as a shield. A shield of faith. And what this does, this protects us from the unknown and the unseen and the unexpected. It stops those attacks, thoughts and circumstances and doubts that penetrate our lives when we least expect it. You see, when we're expecting someone to come against us or somebody to say something to us, or we're expecting that this month's going to be a hard month. It doesn't take much faith to get over that. But suddenly, it takes faith when suddenly someone who, who's close to us says something that just kills us. Or we get an unexpected bill in the mail and we realize how we're going to make, make ends meet this month. It is the unexpected where we need faith. And this shield is there to, 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 to hold up against all those unexpected things that come in our lives. That we can hold up and our faith just knocks them away. And when we build up our faith, we're able to walk through even when there's unexpected. Hebrews 11.1 says this. It says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurances about the things we do not see. It gives us assurances about the things we do not see. That is faith. And the Bible illustrates, he says, that there are these arrows that are coming and trying to get you and bring you down, and you don't even see them coming, but you just lift up faith, and these arrows will not be able to penetrate and get through to you. Faith. So we have truth, righteousness, peace, Faith. The next one is salvation. God has given you salvation. He illustrates this as a helmet. And what the helmet did, it protects the mind. How many of you have ever experienced where you've gone through something, maybe you've, you've, you've done something that wouldn't please God, and you've heard this voice in your mind saying, you're not saved. You've lost your salvation. I've had it. I've had it plenty of times where I'm like, I think, am I really right with God? Am I really saved? And it is the helmet of salvation that lets us understand that it is by grace that we are saved. 
nothing else. No one can take it away. It is by grace that we're saved. And those times when we look down and we, can't, we don't understand, God, am I really living a life that is worthy of you? God said, it is by my grace that I have saved you. It is by my grace. Nothing else. And so today, know that you are saved. And this is what you're saved from. You're saved from sin. You're saved from death. You're saved from hell. You're saved from anxieties, from doubts, from worries. Because God's grace has abounded in your life. Salvation. Protect your mind. And then the last thing that he gives here. He says, the last thing... And this is, this is the only offensive piece of, of weaponry or protection that he gives. It's called the Word of God. The Word of God. He said the sword of the Spirit. He refers to it as a sword. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it is the most powerful tool that you possess. The Bible says in, in Hebrews 4.12, uh, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. One thing I have learned, and I'm not going to get like all charismatic and stuff on you, but this is what I've learned. That the words of of this book, when they are spoken out, have the most powerful effect on our circumstances that I've ever seen. I can't explain it to you. I don't understand how. But when I suddenly start to quote Scripture and the words that are in this book, suddenly the biggest lions that are roaring so hard become like little lambs. Because it's like a sword, like a two-edged sword that goes right through our problems and our circumstances, and our doubts, and our worries, and our fears. The Word of God. So that is the protection that God has given you. He's given you truth. He's given you righteousness. He's given you peace. He's given you faith. He's given you salvation. And He's given you the Word of God to come against anything that may come in your life. However, and as we close today, there is a however. There's a but. There's always buts. But yet, I wonder how many of us, even this week, we felt some sort of attack upon our lives. And it got through. Maybe it was a worry. Maybe it was a doubt. Maybe it was a sin in our life. Maybe it was... An anxiety. Maybe it was just somebody else just bringing us down, taking our joy, stealing our joy, killing our spirit, destroying our faith. See, it's all very well having equipment and protection. But unless we learn how to use that, it will be no good. You see, what's good if I go to Africa and I go out amongst the lions and I have my jeep, and I have my gun, and I have my park ranger, but yet I get out of the jeep, and I start walking amongst the lions. The jeep can't do anything for me then. It's while you're in the jeep that you're protected. 
And there is a key to engaging the protection that God has given you. All these gifts that God has given you. It is a way that we can pick them up. And we can embrace them. And it's the simplest thing that we can ever do. But yet it's the hardest thing that we find in our lives. And this is it. Simple. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. It says, Pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. That's it. Pray at all times. How many of you have had good intentions about praying and then you've gone to pray and it's just like you've got 101 million things to do your mind's racing around all the all, all the while you know a couple of weeks ago we we uh we had scheduled uh, a little prayer meeting for like uh the leadership team here at uh here on a friday night we come and set up on a friday night and we came and uh and the reason we picked this certain friday is because we had about 15 people coming to help and i was like Right, well, we're going to use this opportunity to get them to pray. And no joke, that night, there was six of us who turned up. It was so funny. We got call after call about people being sick, about people being unwell, held back at work, different things. And, I mean, we, we, just, we just smiled because we're like, well, we can tell we're praying tonight. And the reason for this is because there is an unseen world that knows as soon as you start to pray, that you start to engage the protection that God has upon your life. And so when you start to pray, the reason it's so hard is because there is a world that you cannot see that is against you, that is trying to stop you praying, because the moment that you start to talk to God in prayer, this world knows, this unseen world knows they have not got a chance at all. Not a chance. And I tell you, praying, simple, but it's hard. And it doesn't matter what kind of prayer. It can be the long, elaborate kind of prayer. They work. It can be the prayer, the simple prayer. It can be the childlike prayer. But it can be also the prayer of, God, why? Or, oh God, help. It doesn't matter if it's a 20-minute prayer or if it's a two-second prayer. Prayer is a thing that engages your protection. And it is a thing that puts around you protection so that this unseen world cannot penetrate through. And sometimes there's people who don't even have the energy to pray themselves. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they're just so overloaded. That is why it's so important that as a church, we pray for each other and we pray together. Because not only when you pray, you engage your protection, but when you pray for others, you engage their protection as well. And what happens when you pray? Suddenly truth becomes a reality. Righteousness becomes something of your life. Peace comes and it starts to guard you. Faith rises up. Within you, salvation suddenly becomes center of your life. And suddenly the word of God starts coming out of your mouth. And you start to be able to take away anything that is coming against you. You know, one of my favorite films is Lord of the Rings. And you can't deny it's like 
epic. I mean, it's wonderful. But the lesson I really like from it is this. is that story of good against evil. There's this ring and given to a little hobbit with like hairy big feet. And he used to go and throw it into the fire of Mordor. And this little hobbit, Frodo, he has this ring. And he's going on a journey to take this ring to the fire of Mordor. And along the journey, there are so many attacks. There are so many things that come against him. That Frodo could have a choice. He could choose to just wait it out and just try to survive. Or fulfill his purpose in life which was to throw the ring in the fire of Mordor. And so often in our lives, we go along life and there are things that just come against us time and time and time again. And we can choose just to survive or we can choose to keep going in our purposes and the plan that God has for our lives. And what we've been talking about today is maybe uncomfortable for some. But it's not something that we should major on. We're dealing with this because it's part of the book, but it's only ten verses of a book. It's not something that we need to major on. What we need to major on is the fact that God has given us the gift of life, that God is on our side, and greater is in it, the one who is in us than he that is in the world. The one who has saved us, the one who has set us free. It is Jesus Christ that we should major on. And the moment we start to look at all these other things that are going on in the unseen world is the moment we take our eyes off Jesus Christ. We need to keep our eyes on the goal, on the plan, on the purpose. And not just go into survival mode and think, well, this is against me, this is against me. No, keep our eyes focused on Jesus Pray like our lives depend on it. It engages our protection and we'll be able to walk straight through the middle and no lion will be able to roar and devour us. Prayer is the key. Because what we're doing with prayer, we are keeping our eyes on Jesus. So today, I ask you, what is the plan that God has for your life? What is it that this unseen world wants to stop you from fulfilling? What are the things that you can do in this life that can give glory to God? That there is a whole opponent, an unseen world, who will do anything to stop you from doing it. You see, you're a masterpiece. You're privileged. You have an incredible, beautiful personality. And you've been gifted Beautiful positions in your life like husband and wife and child and parent and boss and employee. It is through prayer that the whole you is brought together and it is sustained. So pray in all situations, no matter how big or insignificant, for the whole you depends on just those little prayers that you cry out to God. Let's pray.